You've got to figure out systems that are going to drive sales. It's your very first starting block of doing anything. If you don't, if don't go building operations that it's going to fix your profitability if you don't have any sales. Profit doesn't matter if you're not selling anything. So it's got to be systems that are driving sales. So the question is this, how do most agents find the secrets to succeed in today's competitive real estate market, especially when the top agents are keeping those secrets to themselves? That's the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. Hi, I'm Aaron Amuchastegui, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. Real Estate Rockstars, this is Aaron Amuchastegui, and you know, we had a mastermind in May, right? You guys heard it. You heard it on the ads. We were talking about it. You got a lot of, our, a lot of the people that were speaking at the mastermind were people that you guys voted were the best of the best. Well, during that mastermind, we did a lot of interviews, a lot of talking, a lot of coaching, a lot of sessions. And some of those sessions are going to be shared with you guys here on the podcast. And this is one of them. So this one is the interview where I sat down with Stephanie Brackett and we talked back and forth about systems and the market, building up real estate teams and how to find coaches. Uh, this is going to be a great interview. I hope you guys really, really like it. I learned a ton from her. This gal is a superstar. So here you go. Hey guys, this is Aaron Muchastegui for a quick commercial break. And here is a paid advertisement from a guy whose voice you might recognize. Do you want to invest in real estate without all the work? I mean, like incredible returns, massive tax savings, one of the best inflation hedges of all time without all those headaches that come with it. My name is Brandon Turner, a best-selling real estate author with over a million copies of my book sold. And this here is an ad. That's right, a crummy commercial, but I'm actually not selling anything. I'm offering something. You see, I run a real estate investment company we're called Open Door Capital, where we acquire what's called value-add real estate nationwide to earn great returns for passive investors just like you. We've acquired hundreds of millions of dollars in mobile home parks and apartments, and we recently sold our first fund where we earned our investors over a 35% internal rate of return. And while our past performance is obviously no guarantee of future results, we do believe our track record speaks for itself. Best of all, we have an amazing deal right around the corner right now. So be sure to sign up for our email list at investwithodc.com to be notified when it's open for investment. That's investwithodc.com. This next set's going to be a little different style. So uh, Stephanie Brackett, can you come join me up here? And we need to get Stephanie a mic. So we've been talking about systems and setting up teams and operations and, and things like that. And so this is going to be a fun chat. So Stephanie recently just joined uh, David Osborne's team. Yep. So I think uh, a lot of you guys, David is speaking tomorrow morning to kick us off. The, he's a business partner in a bunch of ventures with me and he owns uh, Keller Williams Market Centers in Dallas area. Um, I, I think New Mexico, you know, Beverly Hills, a bunch of different areas. A lot of, you know, David will get to tell his story tomorrow, but he started as an agent trying to, you know, essentially he was supposed to sell uh, market centers uh, when KW was first starting and he wasn't very good at selling them. So he just kept buying them so he could meet his quota. And that turned out to be a pretty good bet uh, with, what, with what KW has been able to do with that. But, but Stephanie, uh, they recently brought you on because you have tons of operational experience. You have ton of systems experience. So give us just a little bit of a background on, on who you are 
um, what you spent the last kind of 10 years of your life doing. Okay. Um, I've been li a licensed realtor since 2006 in Idaho Falls, Idaho. Go Boise State. Yes. I got my picture with Elliot. Um, the last 10 years, I have been, I was the COO of Anderson Hicks Group, which was the largest real estate team in eastern Idaho. We closed 715 transactions last year. I ran an operations team of 15 people. We had 15 um, producing agents that did those 715 transactions, so high volume per agent. We had five ISAs as well, the inside sales associates that were just pounding the phones all day long. And I hired and trained every operational person on the team, and I built all the systems, so transaction management, listing management, all of the systems were me. They call me the systems queen. Um, I have a system for building systems. We'll talk about that in a little bit. I also am a coach, uh, operations coach. I have 20 coaching clients that I coach as well. Yeah. And so the so people are talking about operations. When these you know, people come to you, what's, what's a really common question when people are first saying like, oh, my operations, I need to hire a coach. When they first come to you, what are their first questions that are real common? Where do I start? Generally, like, where do I start? If I'm going to start operations and systems where where do i start and my my answer is always sales without sales you don't have everything anything so you've got to figure out systems that are going to drive sales it's your very first starting block of doing anything if you don't if you don't go building operations that it's going to fix your profitability if you don't have any sales profit doesn't matter if you're not selling anything so it's got to be systems that are driving sales okay and so what are some common like sales systems? I know we're probably, we're going to do some mass training into kind of lead gens and CRMs and things like that. So do you, do they come to you and say, this is how we've been getting our deals and you help them set up systems within that? Do you encourage them to expand in, in, in other methods? What's the process? I mean, you have to have a lead generation system. So what is your lead generation system and what are your standards? What, what standards are you going to hold your agents to? And what are your follow-up standards? I can't go to an agent and say, I feel like you're not really doing your job if I don't have standards. If my standards are I need you to get on the phone and call 50 people a day and you need to have at least 10 conversations, then I can go to that agent and coach him and say, hey, you're not meeting the standards. And he can't argue. He can't say, well, well I'm, I feel like I'm really, I'm really trying. He can't. It, it's, it's a fact. It's black and white. My standard is 50 calls a day, 10 contacts, go do that. So it's got, you've got to set standards before you can start building systems around the standards. And then you've got to have systems to be able to go check. Did he make his 50 calls? Did he talk to 10 people? Yeah. So measurable, verifiable standards starting at that sales section. Section. So, the, so indifferent, do we talk about how many in top of funnel? Like, or how many outbound calls or how many return calls did you do? Or sometimes for farming, it's like, did we send this many letters or this yeah. many follow-ups? Knock. 50 doors. If you don't want to pick up the phone, go knock doors. Go knock on doors. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, sometimes people work really hard for eight or nine months and they just, and they work every day and they door knock every day and they just don't succeed yet. Right. And you could say, I feel like you're not doing your job or they could say, I feel, you know, they, I feel like you're not supporting enough. But the, but when you have that verifiable stuff, it's like, no, you're, you're not really thinking about the result. You're not measuring it on results. You're measuring it on process and setting up those processes. Right. And as you're coaching people, I mean, it's always two things, right? We know that. It's either a skills issue or it's an activities issue. They're either not doing enough of the right things or they're not good enough at it. And you've got to train them on. They're not saying the right things to enough people. They're either not talking to enough people or they're not saying enough things. And that's where you can really coach them to figure out, okay, which one is it? 
you don't have systems to track what they're doing, you have no idea. You don't know their conversion metrics. You don't have a system to track metrics. How do I know if they're converting? They're talking to 50 people and they're not doing any deals. They're obviously not saying the right things. You know, we talked about firing clients. You know, Stephanie re recommended firing cli clients. With some of my software companies, we're big into that. We're big into like firing clients if they're going to be the people that don't like our product or complain all the time. We don't want to spend time with them, right? Because they take up, you know, 80, 80 to 90% of your income comes from 10 to 20% of your effort. Right, like the people that make you the most money take hardly any effort, and there's those other ones. As you're coaching people, do most of the people you coach do they take your advice and just run with it right away? Do you have people that you know week after week they still aren't doing it? How do have you ever had to fire somebody and say, "Hey, I can't coach you anymore because I'm tired of telling you the same thing six months in a row"? 100, percent 100, percent and I don't want to waste my time. I mean, I've got a I've got a wait list on my coaching roster, so if I've got someone who's not going to do what I'm telling them to do and take the advice that I'm giving them. I just don't work with them anymore. Yeah. So the so people have talked about we've been talking about systems a lot and operations and team. So let's talk about your your system for setting up a system, and then maybe we'll get some time to go into the different aspects of you know of teams of sales of of, of, of hiring things like that. But how, how do you break up the system process? So um, David Allen is one of my heroes. He's the author of a book called Getting Things Done, and I adapted his project planning method into a system building method, and it works every single time. And I'm going to go through the five steps really quick. And I want you guys, I'm going to ask you when I'm done, which step you've started on the last time you did anything, had a meeting, built a system, whatever. And I guarantee most people are going to say step three. Okay. So the first step in building any system is to determine the purpose. What is the purpose of the system? What do I want the system to do? Every system is perfectly designed to give you the results that it gives you. If it's not giving you the results you want, you built it wrong. Okay, it's going to give you whatever you designed it to give you. So step one is purpose, and you've got to get really clear on the purpose of the system. A lot of times you'll have just a natural byproduct of building the system. So say you wanted to do a client event, and you're going to do this client event, and the purpose of the client event is to get belly to belly with your clients. You want to talk and interact and just really chat with your clients. Well, probably a movie theater isn't the place to do that. You don't want to do a movie theater event because you're sitting in the dark for two hours. So really define what the purpose is. This gives you focus and gets you doing exactly what you need to do. Once you've got the purpose nailed down, then you got a vision outcome, what it looks like done. And this is where a great operations person is going to ask you all the right questions to get that picture out of your head. Right? A lot of our speakers here today said they're the visionary. They know what they want. They can picture it. They don't know how to do it. They're not going to go build it themselves. But a really, really good integrator can get in there and ask the right questions to make sure that they have your vision. They know exactly what you want. And they can picture it done. If you can't picture it done, you can't go build it. Okay, that's step two. Then you move on to step three, which is brainstorm. That's when all the ideas start flowing about how you're going to do this. All the different things start coming out. I have a couple rules for brainstorming. The first one is never brainstorm alone. If you brainstorm alone, you will build a system in a silo that will work for you. I never built a system without getting someone in sales involved. I wasn't the end user. I'm not going to go build this great lead generation system and be like, okay, now go use this and do it. 
they won't use it. I built it for me if I do that. So never brainstorm alone. And the second one is there are no bad ideas in brainstorming. It's about quantity versus quality at that point. You're trying to get every single idea out. Are you going to do them all? No, absolutely not. Not everything's going to end up in your system, but you want to flush out all of the ideas. Then you move on to step four, which is organizing. And this is when you're going to toss ideas and stick with ideas, and you're going to group them. There's a lot of different way to, ways to organize. You can organize them. OK, I need to do this first, and then this, and then this. You can organize them by, OK, marketing needs to take this. Sales needs to take this. Ops needs to take this. There's a lot of ways to organize. Once you get everything organized, it becomes a series of very next actions. I'm going to go execute. All right, what do I need to do next? And then what? And then what? And then what? Until you're done and you've got a system, a in-a-box system built for you right there. So, and organize is number five? Number uh, no, organize is four. Five is execute. Next action. All right. So you said that it's planning at the beginning. Most people start at brainstorm. Bra they, they say, let's so, build yeah. a system. Yep. Let's throw an event. Who built a, who did something, built a system, had an event, and started on step three? Or uh, brainstorming. Who's done that in the past? And half the time, sometimes you get lucky, turns out okay. Half the time you get halfway through the process and you're like, ah, crap, this isn't anything like what I thought it was going to be. Yeah, I built a software system for my brain and, the, and, not, and I didn't bring my employees and my team members in on it. And it's the big running joke because now we're nine or ten years into it. But they always go, now you can get a look inside Aaron's brain. <laughs> because it, the button should be here, but instead it's over there. And uh, yeah, should have done, done some brainstorming early on. If I didn't want to be the one running the system, I should have I should have yeah, brought other people you, you ask. into that process. So the so if somebody's going to choose a coach or go through a coaching process, like what does coaching do? What doesn't it do? And if they're considering hiring a coach, like what should they be thinking about? Like, uh, I mean, first of all, you have to be an accountable person in order to to be coachable. If you're not natural, I can't hold anyone accountable who's not naturally an accountable person. I can't make you do anything, and no coach can make you do anything. So if you're looking to hire a coach, you've got to look in the mirror first and say, am I a coachable person? So step one is be coachable. Figure out how to be coachable. Step two, find someone that you connect with. You have to like the person that's mentoring you. If you get off the phone every day with a coach and you're like, that guy's a douchebag, like, you're never going to do anything that, that they say. So make sure that you like the person that you're coaching with. And probably the next, best, the next thing is just to make sure that you and them are in alignment on the vision of what you're trying to get out of coaching. Oftentimes, we don't set expectations up front, and no one asks, well, what do you want out of this relationship? How do I go get that out of that relationship? Make sure you're in alignment. Brene Brown's one of my favorite authors, and, and she says, clear is kind, unclear is unkind. So you've got to get really, really clear, and you guys have to be on the exact same page because a coach wants nothing more than their coaches to succeed. Yeah. So they, maybe we'll take some, some questions for guidance, but we had several mastermind topics of how do I grow my team? Like, how do I hire? How do I find more people to hire? What's that process like? How do I hire more tenured, tenured agents? So the, if somebody comes to you and says, I need to hire people, I've never done it, but my goal, you know, the, the purpose at the beginning, the goal is I want to hire more agents. I want more people to join my team. How do you go through that process to set up that system, or do you have other clients that do it? What system do you recommend? 
my hiring system before I had a very, I was Keller Williams, still am, I'm licensed with Keller Williams. They have the, you know, the KPA system to hire people. But I would say what people miss in the very beginning is their job ad. Their job ad isn't intriguing. It doesn't draw people in. My last job ad I put out to hire an assistant for an agent, we had on our team, you could earn the right to have your own assistant. So I had agent assistants. I got 105 resumes from my job ad. And the job ad was funny. It was um, interesting. And I got so many people that said, I replied to this job because the job ad was the best job ad I'd seen in forever. And I want to work for your team because if that's the culture of your team, I want to be on your team. So I would say start with a really good job ad. And I stole it from some book I read. It wasn't like I came up with it. This guy said, hey, this works. I did it. I'm happy to email anybody the job ad if you want. So just hit me up. But really good job ad. And then have a really great screening process. Oh, and by the way, make sure the job ad actually max matches your values. Like one of our core values on our team was fun. We believe that fun leads to increased performance and amazing client and team member experiences. That was one of our core values. My job ad was fun. So make sure whatever the culture of your team is, your job ad matches that culture. So really great job ad. Do a really good job of screening. You, you need a lot of applicants. You have to have a lot. If you're only getting two or three applicants, you're never going to get the right people for your team. You can't have only two or three people to select from. You need hundreds. So I got 100. I probably screened. If they have typos on their resume, they're gone. If their resume I can't read, it's gone. So out of the 100 something that I got, I probably did 50 phone interviews where they made it past that. From the 50 phone interviews, I probably sent out a KPA and a DISC assessment to probably 35 of them. Those came back maybe 15 of them high matches, and I'd bring them in and interview them. And I ended up with three really good candidates out of that. So make sure you have a process. That was my system every single time. I did it every single time with every single person. Hey, real estate rock stars. This is Aaron Muchastegui, and I'm interrupting myself to bring you this commercial break from one of our sponsors. There's somebody I've been looking at for a long time, and when they reached out to me, I said, yes, we have to be able to do this deal. So that sponsor is Follow Up Boss. There's a lot of superstars out there that use Follow Up Boss. What's your favorite CRM? We're using Follow Up Boss. So we use Follow Up Boss. So we use Follow Up Boss. I love Follow Up Boss. I love it. We have action plans now for bringing on new agents. We have action plans for our recruiting. Uh, we call them action plans and follow-up boss, which will trigger tasks for the agents to do as far as calling. Follow-up boss, I like more for the integrations with everything, MailChimp, call action, all those different products. I will say we used Sync and we switched from Sync to follow-up boss. Honestly, the greatest CRM I've ever used, I've used Brivity, Sync. I've looked at Boomtown, like Real Geeks, just a bunch of different ones. But me personally, I've fell in love with Fub about like seven months ago when I first started using it. I've used Boomtown. I've used Line Desk. I've used Conversion. And I think Follow-Up Boss gives you the most integrations mm -hmm. that are simple. And it gives you the best ability to go and integrate large things into one single solitary platform. Yet at the same time, it's still affordable. I do like follow-up boss better just because it you can text from the app and things like that. It's just a little more convenient for me. Um, it tracks everything that I need. I can customize it if I want. If I want to go smart list based, that's fine. If I want to go task based, it's fine. I think it's one of the best systems and it's very user friendly. It just 
really helps me never drop a ball because it's so user-friendly. I don't have a one horse in the race with Fallout Boss. Purely objective, Fallout Boss has been the best one that we've found. Now, I've used Fallout Boss. We've actually used it in our non-real estate businesses as well because it's so good at being able to set timers, set automatic texting and emailing. So here's what we got. For Real Estate Rockstars listeners, get a 30-day free trial. That's normally 14 days. So in order to get this, you go followupboss.com, just like it sounds, forward slash rockstars. Go there, get your 30-day free trial, and check it out, especially if you aren't using any systems or any CRMs yet. This will be a great one for you to start with. Thanks again. Now back to our show. system feels overwhelming to me but the <laughs> that's why you don't do it that's, that's why, why you're a visionary and i'm an yes. integrator the um no so that's a challenge with hiring right now i don't know if you guys have experienced it but placing an ad and then getting 100 applicants and these so you've got you've got 100 resumes coming in and how do you narrow that down and so you're talking about so you're kind of looking for beginning those come in you're looking for reasons to throw them out yeah but even the, and if I'm, a, if I'm a hiring a sales guy, I'm not looking at their resume as they made typos. Most sales guys make typos, no offense, no offense, but I was hiring operations. So if they had typos, they're not an operational person. Got it. So I'm gonna, my filter is gonna be completely different if I'm hiring agents. Yeah, paralegal, if they misspell it, they're out. They're out, yep. Right, sales guys, you can spell whatever you want, yep. you're fine. And honestly, I had one of my transaction coordinators screening it, resumes for me. I'm like, Tasca. Can you take these 10? If there's typos, if they don't make sense, toss them. Bring me the other ones, set up phone interviews for me. I didn't yeah. have to do it myself. I was leveraging. So the, so they set up the phone interviews for you? Yep. The, how many people don't show up to the interview? Maybe 5% didn't, didn't call me. And, you know, they're forced to call me. I want them to call me. And if they don't call me on time, they're gone. The reason I had, uh, did a hiring week where I had 30 Zooms scheduled and eight people showed up for the Zoom and 22 just didn't. And I got a lot of texts right when it was firing off going, sorry, I can't do the interview today. And the, I'm always amazed at how many people are filtering themselves out uh, like that. It's unbelievable. I actually, um, Lindsay Soprani is a really good friend of mine. She runs Soprani Consulting and they hire operational people. They hire and train ops people for real estate. And I was just talking to her yesterday and she says she has had more people just not show up for their first day of work. Like they signed an offer letter. They went through the whole interview process. They finally got selected. And they just don't show up. It's a yeah. weird phenomenon. I had a person not show up a few months ago too. That's crazy. On, on day one, no call. No, like day no before, call. day before was like, what do I wear and what time do I see you? And and day of didn't show. The it's a it's a weird market. It's a weird world. The uh, I emailed a hundred people from Rex Real Estate and said, hey, I'm hiring. The you guys all got laid off. The anybody want a want a job? And the, I had one out of 100 reply back. And all of them said, like, on LinkedIn, like, I'm looking for work and this. And I'm thinking, I just messaged 100 people and only one replied. It's a weird hiring. You guys having, who's really crushing hiring right now? Who, who thinks they're doing a great job at it? Anybody having, a ch having challenges out there hiring right now? All right, a couple people. Who's, I guess most of these aren't hiring. The, everybody said they wanted to grow a team, but not really. <laughs> and honestly, the best way... To the best candidates that we got for agents on our team was fear of other people on the team. And we had a great, we had a rewards program. So, you know, you bring me someone on the team, I'll give you $300 the day they start, I'll give you $300 at their 90 days, 
and I'll give you $400 on their anniversary. I'll give you 1000 bucks to refer someone to the team that stays long, for a long time. I probably had six people on the team that were my personal referrals. My brother worked for the team. My nephew worked for the team. Like, a lot of personal referrals on the team because like-minded people like to hang out together. So if you've got great agents on your team, give them an incentive to bring other great agents to your team. So the... So one of the questions earlier was the challenge of how do we hire tenured agents? The, has anybody out there done that recently? Can anybody want to share a story of how they did that and how that worked? You see one in the back? Honestly, it's been my brokerage. So they're going to the brokerage saying they're struggling or whatnot, and they've been an agent for a while, and somehow I get the leftovers. So they come to me, so they know how to do everything. They just haven't had the right motivation or the right coaching. So that's really how they've come to me, and then also them telling their friends. How did they know to approach you? Are you telling people on social media you're doing it, or are they new from word of mouth, or they saw you were doing a good job? It's a little bit of luck here because we don't have many teams at my brokerage. So I'm really the only one. So then they come to me. Um, we're having more teams pop up, but I have the systems. I have all that stuff to handle them coming in, and the brokerage knows that because they want to send them somewhere where, where they'll succeed, you know? rather than just quit. So it's a lot of them, they're like, man, this is lonely. I don't, I don't like doing this anymore. This is too much. And then they come to me. But after hearing like Jonathan talk, I kind of might want some newer agents. You know, just because you do have people that have old habits you have to change. But it is nice. They already have a sphere. They already know the basics. Yeah. Anybody have any operational related questions? Or uh, Matt going to add to that? Yeah. So when, when we're after and recruiting. When we're actively hiring and recruiting, we, we can recruit about four to five agents a month uh, with our process. And we use event-based uh, event hiring. So uh, we'll put on classes, events, and then at the end of each of those events, they get a way to reach out to one of us. And then we'll set interviews based on that. And then our sales manager will run those interviews for us. If they make it through our sales manager, uh, Jeremy and I will talk to them and then we'll decide to, to take them. We don't necessarily call it a hiring process, more of a recruiting process, depending on what we're really trying to do. But when it's really churning and we're doing events monthly, we decide to turn it off or on and we'll, we'll get anywhere. Every event, we're consistently getting three to five agents that will end up signing with us. What's like an example of an event topic? Uh, wholesale Unmasked, um, we, uh, Facebook, uh, social media, uh, we'll do uh, follow-up. You know, just anything that could potentially in the market. We're getting ready to do an agent mastermind around the market shift, and we'll have 40, 50 agents. Every event we run, we're, we're probably consistently getting 30 to 50 agents in a room. Uh, so we kind of high, we kind of recruit from the front of the room. Let's take that system to the top. How do you get people to, so you, you plan an event. Yeah. Your purpose is so people know about you, so they're going to So ask. what you need to know is me and Jeremy step out at number three, and then our, our doer, our operations person, Mickey, that's not here with us today, uh, she does 100% of the rest of it. So she's the organizer. She puts it together. She runs the event. She gets the people. She has our VAs uh, fill out of the event bright. She runs the whole back end. We came up with the idea. We said, how do we make this work? She goes, here's the process, and then let's go do it. And so realistically, for the events now, we really just show up and perform. So we say we're going to run this event. Uh, next month, and then she'll launch that event. She does 100% of it v with VA support and uh, her assistant support, and then we show up and perform at that event. And then at, at the end of it, it's kind of like, you know, when you go to those sales things and you, they're selling from the front of the room, hey, everybody in the back, if you want to wanna sign up, you can go ahead and sign up today. Uh, what ends up happening is we go to the back of the room and end up just talking to people and just naturally set appointments. Yeah. So. Cool. 
Hey guys, this is Aaron Muchistegui for another quick commercial break. But this is something a lot of you guys have been asking about. When we had our mastermind in May, we had a lot of people ask us about coaching, about how can we continue this process? Because so many of the people, so many of you guys out there listening to the podcast, you don't have resources where you are. You don't have other people nearby that can be mentors for you, that you can bounce ideas off of. And this business can be really, really lonely if you're not doing it with other people. So we have just now launched a great program for you and it's just Hyben Digital Coaching. It's it's Real Estate Rockstars Coaching. And here's what we do. We've got a, we've got a spot you can go to. You go to realestateradio.fm forward slash coaching. We have individual one-on-one coaching where if you sign up, we match you up with a coach and we figure out like who's going to be the best coach for you for a couple calls a month. It's not that much money. It's I think it's going to be 950 bucks a couple calls a month with a coach that's been where you're going and they're gonna try to help you. And then we also have group coaching for a lot less where you can sign up and you can get in group coaching with groups of 10. And we can do calls every couple weeks uh, with different people that'll guide you through that process. So if you've been getting a lot from this mastermind, but you think you would get a little bit more for some one-on-one coaching from somebody who is has been exceeding in real estate, go to realestateradio.fm forward slash coaching realestateradio.fm forward slash coaching and sign up. We can't wait to find somebody to help you. Anybody have a, an operational like coaching type request? Like you're at, you're doing something in your business right now. You're, you're at a crossroads with something. You just want to throw out a, a, a question. Come on, hit me. Oh, everybody's operations. Oh, we got one. We got Ernesto up here. I can ask a few if the, if the room's a little quiet. Is this on? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, first, I want to ask you a little bit of clarity, if you don't mind. Uh, number one, you said determine the purpose, which goes back to Stephanie Heiser's book, The Seven Habits of Highly Successful People, begin with the end in mind, right? But number two, I'm just trying to just digest the difference. Number two is vision out the ideal outcome, which to me felt similar. Could you just kind of clarify that? Sure. So, for instance, um, say you were building an onboarding system for okay. your agents. Right. The purpose is to get agents on the team quickly and into production and to make them never want to leave the team. That's the purpose, right? The vision outcome of that system is what kind of CRM am I putting it in? How am I like, what does it actually look like? Are they walking in the door and I'm hitting a button and all these tasks are firing to everybody? Is there some sort of a party on day one? What does it look like when the, when the system is finished? Okay. I, Someone says, hey, we're hiring this agent. We plop that into the system. We hit a button and tasks fire to everybody. And everybody knows exactly what they're supposed to do to make sure that agent gets up to speed fast and wants to stay. Does that make sense? No, it does. Yeah, thank yep. you. And then uh, my question for you is, what, what's like one of your more memorable systems you ever built out for somebody? Uh, my onboarding system was a really awesome one. Um, our client touch events is like our client touch program. It was a 57 touch program, 57 touches a year. Um, my trends. <laughs> we could talk later. My last question is yep. uh, what's your favorite piece of tech right now, like software that you like to use? Uh, Todoist has always been my favorite piece of tech, and that is, I would say if you guys don't have, I always, people always ask me, what are your top five systems? My number one system is a personal organization and management system. If you don't have that, stop everything else and get that. You have got to get yourself organized. My superpower is capturing information that I need to do, clarifying what needs to be done with it. 
organizing it on a list, reviewing my list often, and executing. I have to do a sitting on my phone right now. I have probably six things that are due today. I'll get them done today. I never have to worry about anything because it's just right there. I know exactly what I got to get done. Someone mentioned earlier doing what you say you're going to do when you say you're going to do it. That's how a personal organization system. So Todoist is my go-to. That, uh, that screams David Allen, if anyone's read that book. Yeah, David Allen's the man. It's, it's really boring and dry, but if you can get through, I've read it seven times, it, it'll change your life. If you could, step by step. It's really boring, but read it seven times. Seven. <laughs> Every time I implemented something new out of it. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, what are some of your tools you're using for automation? For automation, uh, Zapier helps connect two different systems together. We used Brivity for transaction management. That was one of the ones you didn't mention, but um, Brivity is awesome. I think Follow-Up Boss is similar, but whatever you're using, use every single bit of it to the biggest possible extent. Become a master at that system. When we, we merged the two biggest teams in Eastern Idaho together, we had two teams that were bitter rivals for as long as I've been in real estate. Mike Hicks was owned one team. Any of you guys that are KW probably know his name. He's the father of The Promise, Mike Hicks. He was one of my team owners. And then Sean Anderson was the other one. And we were bitter rivals. And we merged these two massive teams. And right after we merged, I was like, eh, I don't really like any of the systems that we're using. Let's blow it up and move to Brivity. I'd been using Top Producer before that. I know Ancient for transaction management. And, and my TCs would max out at like 30 deals. When they had 30 pendings, the wheels would start falling off. They were crying every day. It was a mess. When I left my team three months ago, my TCs were managing 80 deals a piece at a time. They had 80 pendings. And we're talking high touch everything. The agent gets the deal under contract and hands it to my TC. So, and that was through leveraging those systems to do everything possible, auto text, auto emails, whatever we could do to make it automated, we did. So Zapier is a great one. And then just make sure whatever system you're using, you max out every single option that it has. Use it to its fullest. So if you're trying to build it, well, that's loud. Uh, so if you're trying to build a big system uh, and you're not necessarily the person that you described, that personal organization person, like what are your recommendations for those fucking crazy people like us that just don't have that skill set? And it sounds like painstaking to become that person. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. you, you get a who that tells you what to do. I just told them where to go, what to do, and when to do it. They just did it. I kept track of everything. As an integrator, like you're the one who just follows them around and scoops everything up after them, and you tell them where to go. To me, being a great integrator means knowing what your agent needs to do before they know they need to do it. You're the one. So if you're going to hire someone, you have, you have skills that I don't have. I can't go find off-market deals and create nothing, something out of nothing. Not me. I can't do it. But I could follow you around, and I'd make you the best you that, you'd, that you could be. Seth in the back real quick. Hey, Stephanie. A couple hey. of questions for you. Um, let me, I'm going to get them out there first because I'm too ADD. I'll forget them. So one of them is um, uh, best practices around hybrid, like virtual versus in-office. And what you're doing for culture that way, I'm, I'm going to assume that, you're, that you've got both. Uh, number two, um, communication tools, what you use to communicate to the team. I don't know if that's Slack or email or texting, whatever that way. Three, uh, cadence of communication. What do you do for team meetings, admin huddle, sales team huddle, uh, that sort of stuff. And then a random one, we've had 
we've had an unlimited PTO policy for a while. I'm, I'm watching sort of work-life balance change for people, and I'm actually wondering if that is doing us more harm than good. So I just want to see kind of where you come down on um, unlimited time off, just get your work done, own the role, or if you're putting structure in place. I'm, I feel like I'm watching more people right now want more boundaries in some of our roles. Well, I also have ADD, and you just asked me four questions. So, okay, let's start with communications, communication and then cadence of, of um, huddles, et cetera. Okay, so communication, team communication. First of all, I'm a big believer in no to-do items should ever be sent in a text or a Slack message because those get buried in a string. And so the, the rule on our team was if it came in Slack or in a text, there was zero guarantee it was going to get done. If it came in email, there was 100% chance it was going to get done because I could capture that and stick it in my to-do list and do it when I had time. So whatever your communication method is, make sure everybody's on the same page and have standards around that. Maybe you guys do allow you know, action items in text and in Slack, but what is your communication standard? Have a standard for your team and make sure everybody sticks to it. So for communication, we had Slack, but it was more like, hey, does anybody know? Somebody called about the property on 600 North. Does anybody know whose listing that is? Not, hey, I need listing paperwork typed up for such and such. That didn't go in Slack. Yeah, and then, and then huddles, like are you doing admin huddles, sales team meetings? What's your weekly or monthly rhythm? Yep, we had a, we had a, we called it winning minute every single morning for 15 minutes. Everybody shared a win from the day before. And then we rotated what we talked about Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday right after gratitude. So we shared gratitude first. And then Monday was Mike's market minute. So Mike would update us on what the market was doing because he's a big stats guy and he always knew exactly what was going on. So we talked about how many new listings hit the market versus last year, yada, yada. Tuesday, we did what you got, what you need. It was a chance for us to sell internal listings. People would say, hey, this is what I've got coming up. It won't be listed for three weeks, but I signed listing paper, paperwork yesterday. Someone else would say, oh, I got a buyer for that. So we'd try and match them up. So we just rotated topics Monday through Friday. We had a team meeting every Tuesday for an hour. I had an operational meeting for my whole ops team once a month. Virtual versus hybrid was one of his questions. Oh, um, virtual, I work virtually now. I'm virtual. I, I live in Idaho. David Osborne's in Texas. So Matt and I talk, Matt King and I talk twice a week for about a half an hour just to make sure we're both on the same page. I believe the right person can work remote, but the wrong person cannot work remote. You got to have the right person. And then your PTO policy, I can tell you right now, the great resignation is here. I don't know if you guys have been paying attention to what's going on with the job market, but I am a victim of the great resignation. I left a team of 11 years to take a different job because my dreams got bigger than my team's dreams. And so you have to be willing to shift to make sure your dreams are big enough to encompass the dreams of everybody on your team. And if that means remote work, figure out how to make that work. If that means unlimited time off, figure out how to make that work. I don't take time off, I work. So if he, if he gave me unlimited time off, eh, all right. It, it doesn't matter to me because I'll take my two weeks off a year and that's it. Every other day, I'm at work. Last question up front. Uh, you talked about accountability and standards, um, especially for salespeople, number of calls, number of conversations. What systems do you use to track that and how do you track their accountability um, if, 
if it's difficult to update CRMs or, you know, where, where is your level of accountability and standards for that? That's a great question. Um, I believe you have to build the accountability into the system you're building. We did it all through dates, so date-driven stuff. So, for instance, an ISA would set an appointment. They would enter into the system, the ISAs would, the date they set the appointment on and who they set it for. Then our agents were required to turn in their appointment sheet after. That's all they had to do was turn it in so we could log it. We knew the appointment either happened or didn't happen, and we'd set a follow-up plan for that person. So we did it all off dates. Every day we ran a missing interview report, which meant either the appointment didn't show up or the agent didn't turn it in. If the agent had stuff on the missing interview report, they didn't get another appointment until they turned it in. So make sure the way you... And, and that's a manual process, but it's all handled on the back end. All the agent has to do is say, yeah, they showed up, and they're an A priority. Launch a plan for me, so I'll call them every three days. Does that make sense? All right. The, uh, you know, Stephanie's going to help us build out a, a coaching program through Real Estate Rockstars, similar to the one that she's been doing with operations. So I know there's, there's some of you guys have reached out to me about getting coaching. Some of you guys have reached out to me about becoming coaches. And, the, and we're hoping to get to play kind of matchmaker through that system. And as you guys are leaving tomorrow, the, at, at launch, we'll start with some form of a, you know, a discount program. So if you guys want more info on it, talk to me. I think it's set up right now to go to hybendigital.com forward slash coaching. Um, but we're going to do a big discount for, uh, for people getting started. So if you, if you want to become a coach and get tied in as one of our matchmakers, let me know. If you're leaving this saying, hey, this was a great... I got a lot of good stuff to work on, and I'm going to need some one-on-one -on -one help from, from a coach to keep going. Uh, let us know that, too. So the, I think that's going to be great. So, Stephanie, thanks for your help. Thank you. All right, real estate rock stars. This is Aaron Muchastegui jumping in again to thank you for listening to the show. Hopefully you guys loved listening to that one. And I want to make sure that you know about all of the extra resources that we have. And also we need your help. They say podcasts are free. You get to listen to podcasts for free. But what is the cost of that podcast? I would say if I could beg you to pay anything for that podcast, I would say the cost of the podcast is going and giving a review. So whether you download it on Google or Apple or YouTube or anywhere else, please go give us a review. Say what you liked, what you didn't like. It helps us get better guests. The more reviews, the higher we get in the rate rankings. Right now, we are the biggest podcast out there for real estate agents, and we want to keep that spot because we know there's lots of podcasts out there. So go give us a review. Also, be sure to go to hybendigital.com. If you liked any of the resources that those real estate agents talked about, we've got a huge video vault of those resources for free. Every penny that comes on the podcast that we interview, they give us something that helps them get their deals or helps them work with their clients, and we put that in the toolbox in our vault for you. So go to hybendigital.com and you can get it. If you're looking for real estate education, go to rebusuniversity.com. We have all sorts of courses in there to help agents succeed in real estate how to get the listing, how to negotiate deals, you know, how to become an investor, all sorts of different stuff, rebusuniversity.com. And if you want to chat with me, go find me on Instagram. If you come find me on Instagram, you can send me messages. Tell me what you want to hear. Tell me what you liked, what you didn't like. We try to put a bunch of content out there too. You can find me in two different places. It's at rerockstars.com for our Real Estate Rockstars page or at erinamuchastegui.com for my personal Instagram page where I can chat with you about all sorts of different things. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again soon.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.